Hey, this is Mandy and Kim with Next Talk, where we are passionate about keeping kids safe in the digital world. Did you know we have tens of thousands of listeners in 60 countries? It's truly amazing. Crazy. Only God. And as a nonprofit, everything we do at Next Talk is supported by people just like you. Be a part of changing the culture of conversation in your home and around the globe by making a donation today. Go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. And check out our resources while you're there. More than cyber parenting conversations to connect. Today on the show, we're talking about disagreeing on Christmas traditions, but it's not Mandy and I disagreeing. It is my husband who I've invited back to the show. Welcome back, Charles. Hey, thanks for having me back, everybody. (laughs) It's so fun to be here. (laughs) This is what happens when we're on break and you have good rest and no work stress. You are like the life of the party. What? No, this is me all the time. What are you talking about? It's Christmas is the best time of the year. Everybody loves it and everybody should love it. And it doesn't bring up any past memories of pain or loneliness ever to anyone. So there's your preview of the show. Now, you know, we're going to talk about our past and how that plays into our current traditions. See, it's fun to have you on the show. Okay. I got to tell you about when I was a little girl for Christmas because it was all like lollipops and dreams and happy days. Um, It was just me and my mom. My parents divorced, but Christmas was always like this exciting, fun, wonderful time of year. In fact, it lasted beyond Christmas because my mom shopped so much that every year I knew in the weeks after Christmas, she would find more presents that she had stuffed away somewhere like in a shoebox or in the attic or under her bed that she forgot about. So it was like Christmas morning and then some. Like so bonus Christmas. It was bonus Christmas. That was our other holiday. And it's still like that to this day. I can't tell you how many times my mom has said, oh, wait, I just remembered another present and ran back to the house or whatever. She just shops all year and loves giving gifts. But it wasn't just about the gifts. I remember we would always serve at the soup kitchen. We would be in the play, the Christmas play at church. We'd sing in the choir. We would go caroling. I mean, it was like everything on steroids at Christmas, but it was all good things. The word I would use is probably excess. It was a lot of everything, but that's what was normal for us. And so naturally I thought that's what we would do when we got married and had kids. We would do all the things. We would buy all the things, go to all the places. And then I got married. So that's a story we're going to fast forward to what the reality of was um, because your your growing up years were different than mine. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of fond memories of Christmas. I think a lot of that was my my parents also divorced when I was really young. Uh, prior to the divorce, I don't really remember a Christmas and Christmas traditions with just me and my mom because my mom had a different uh, job than your mom did. We didn't spend hardly anything. I don't really remember any. I mean, yeah, there were church things and school things that were, you know, the normal seasonal type of stuff. But Christmases were very slim. Uh, We didn't really I I don't really remember uh, any, you know, big things. I just remember not having a lot. But I do remember one Christmas, you know, really stood out. And it was the it was the first Christmas that I realized that we were the recipients of like an angel tree type of Christmas. For those of you that don't know that, it's sort of like when your family gets adopted uh, by like a church family or somebody else and they just kind of give anonymously. And it was like this abundance of presents like out of the blue. And they were from people that I didn't even know. And uh, I realized that that we were poor 
<laughs> we were the recipients mm. of uh, families uh, from around the church communities and neighboring communities that that gave to me and, and to my mom. And I was like, oh, man, this is uh, it was kind of nice, but it was also kind of sad in the same regard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just it, it was just it was a strange it's strange for me to open up gifts. It's still strange for me to like even receive gifts. I struggle with that now uh, with our own Christmas because it's really like the two ends of the spectrum. Like you had your Hallmark version Christmases and I had my like kind of skimpy ones. And then I, it turns out that I'm like, I don't like intend to be the Grinch or like, <laughs> or like the Scrooge of things. But I had like, I find myself really, really struggling with the abundance, the excess of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then I remember you had this moment after we were married when you were a teacher, actually, that also made a really big impression on you as an adult in regards to Christmas and traditions and excess. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody ever did this as an experiment as a kid, but this was known as like the egg drop experiment. Some of oh, you yeah. probably remember doing that, right? Where you were to take an egg and you were to somehow build a device that protected it from a particular drop. Well, as a teacher, I wanted to do that too. And we put our own little spin on it. It was fun. I mean, like every single kid loved it. Uh, and, and some kids projects ranged from literally just like putting the egg in a jar of peanut butter to some kids like created things that, you know, Elon Musk would be proud of. Right. <laughs> but one group of kids, and this is just one particular year, I had a group of kids that were refugees from, I think, Rwanda or Uganda with like a worn torn Central Africa country. Right. And they had the hardest time understanding the concept of launching an egg in the air just for the sake of to see if it would be destroyed or not. Because from where they were from, an egg was such a valuable commodity because it meant food it, it meant sustenance. And it, it was, it was a prized type of food because it was protein and it was something that, that would mean, mean so much to them and their family that had some of the students come up to me and they asked if they could just do the project without the egg. And at first I didn't really understand. And I was like, well, no, you have to test it out to see if the egg would break when we launch it. And they were like, well, I rather just not do it. Can I just keep the egg and take it home? Because this would mean a lot to my family. And after getting just, well, initially just like heartbroken, it also just kind of brought me back to, man, just like an unbelievable sense of perspective that, that, uh, that I was just kind of like thrown in my face. Like here's, here we are just like launching eggs for the sake of an experiment that really has like nothing to do at all with, 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 uh, sustainability or eating them or whatever. We're literally using food just to see if it would break or not to these kids who would sacrifice a grade, like their, their assignment or their, their, uh, their overall grading assignment for this one project, just so they could take the, the eggs home to their families. And that reminded me a, a little bit of like growing up. And it reminded me of what it meant to have food and what it meant to have, you know, clothes. And, and I, you know, for the most part, I'll be honest with you, like Christmases for me as a kid was a chance for me just to get clothes for school and for, uh, you know, just other things. Cause as I was continuing to grow, like that was a chance for me to get new shoes and new pants and new shirts. And that mm-hmm. was it. it. It wasn't, it was meant to kind of serve a need, but it wasn't like, you know, oh, this new device or this new toy just for sheer entertainment or enjoyment. You yeah. Know? Kind of the opposite of my upbringing 
Yes. And you you didn't have a lot of memories of traditions or anything like that. And that was everything in my household. You know, we did these certain things every year. So here we are coming from these two opposite ends of the spectrum and we get married and wedded bliss. That conversation somehow never came up before we got married. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I was like living in a crazy world. And then, and then you yes. thought I was this horrible, evil person that they didn't want to yes. celebrate the most happy time of year. Exactly. It was really hard, which sounds funny because a lot of times when you're talking about marriage disagreements, it's over money or the way that you're going to rear your children or religion, you know, whatever it might be. But for us, this was like one of our biggest issues when we first got married and even bigger when the kids came along. Oh, my gosh. It was worse. Then it was like, oh, way worse when the like I I had to take two days off. Like I left. I had to like leave the house for two days after Christmas just to like process like what just happened. So here's where we're at. We don't want you to think this show, you know, now we're in, you know, 17 years of marriage. We don't want you to think this show is just about disagreeing over Christmas. The point is any tradition, anything that you bring into your marriage is going to come from who you were. And so this show really applies to anything in marriage where you have to come together and create like a new norm. And so that's the point we want to make with how different we were on this topic and how we ended up coming together and are still coming together on that and other things. So how do we do that? Number one, your past shapes much of who you are. You have to share it, which sounds so obvious. But I cannot tell you how many times I meet, especially moms who in conversation and because of my background and my love for um, marriage and family therapy and conversation and open communication, that's where I go with people in a conversation. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. What was like when you were a kid? I can't tell you how many times um, people are sharing their stories with me and I'll say, well, what does your spouse think about that? And they'll say, well, I haven't, you know, I've not really brought it up. I didn't think it was that important, which is shocking to me, but I think that's more the norm than we realize. Or you share some things and kind of glaze over the things that are painful or you don't want to deal with, or you kind of forgot because you stuffed it down so deep. And that's the things that we're talking about. You have got to share all the stuff. So your spouse or your person knows where you're coming from, how you're put together and what seems normal for you or abnormal comes from your story. Yeah, I think so. I I think, you know, for a lot of people, the holidays bring out um, a lot of emotion, good or bad. Right. And it's so like whatever you're feeling normally is about, you know, general celebrations, the holidays tend to make it. uh, It magnifies it. Yeah. Accentuated. You know, so if you didn't have a positive childhood, chances are the holidays were worse. If you had a great childhood and you really enjoyed it, the holidays were probably pretty amazing and you kind of want more of that. And so, but if you don't share that with your significant other, you're kind of left, you know, like uh, at the opposite end to your, like how we were talking and just sort of like nobody enjoying it, mm-hmm. you know, because if, if your spouse is not enjoying the holidays, you're kind of left scratching your head going, man, I'm, I must be doing something wrong. I enjoyed all this. Why isn't my spouse enjoying all these things? Or sometimes, you know, you just sort of stay like I was just trying to stay silent for a while mm-hmm. and I would just sort of tolerate the holidays and people like tolerate the holidays. How could you just tolerate the holidays? It's the most magical time of year, <laughs> you know, and uh, and so it's it's important that you do have to share your past because so much of your past shapes who you currently are. Well, and, you know, in our experience, we talked 
for years before we got married. And then once we were married, we talk all the time. And I thought I knew everything about you. And I just learned some stories about Christmas and your childhood recently because, again, people don't think it's that important, some of those stories, or you forget about it, or it's not relevant, or it's not something that has come up. So you didn't think to share it. And like the angel tree story, that's one that I just learned a few years ago. And that put so much into perspective for me and helped me understand where you were coming from so much better. And there's things that come up for me now that I just forgot. And sometimes they're embarrassing and you don't want to share them. But it explains so much about the way you're acting. And so that sharing of the story thing is probably one of the most important things when you're trying to get on the same page with your family and with your spouse and how you're going to move forward and create your new norm. Because that's what it is. You know, once you're married, you kind of get to lay it all on the table, throw it all out there, and then only pick up the parts that you want to continue on. So you got to get it out there. You got to get it out there. You do. And I think, you know, one of the things about creating your new norms with your new family is like, you know, why would I want my kids growing up with a miserable Christmas? You know what I mean? Like, yes. so wh why wouldn't I want to make sure that there are new norms in place so they do enjoy it and then have positive memories from it? That it would be just so, uh, so crazy for me to want to uh, set a bad example for them or to be, oh, dad's grumpy during the happiest time of year. Then I guess I have to be grumpy when I'm older, too. And so, no, I don't I don't want them to know me as somebody who really struggles with Christmas. And one of the things that I think that we've done is is made some new norms uh, and we've really focused on you know, kind of limiting some of the excess, but really been a focus on giving, especially this year. And mm -hmm. we've seen, we've seen some really, really great changes in our kiddos uh, and the way that we celebrate Christmas. I think that's one of the best things as you're, you know, number two, creating new norms that you both feel good about and talking about it is that you get to kind of take what it is that you came from and then polish it up and make it even better. So that's a great point. You know, we've really incorporated a lot more giving of our time and of our resources into Christmas traditions, really all uh, holidays. Um, and even in the day to day, that's become a big focus for our family. And so that's cool. We get to take, you know, the good stuff, reshape it and then make it even better. And one of those things that I think is special too about getting your story out there and then creating new norms as you can include your kids in that conversation. Ask them, you know, share what your past was like and hey, but this is what our future looks like. And what do you think about that? And do you have any input? So I think that's a really special part of it. I love hearing what's on our kids' hearts and um, what they want our family to be about. And I think it's super easy, you know, and to kind of like, I guess, maybe make a final point here is let's really not forget what Christmas is all about. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so easy to kind of get wrapped up in the giving and the receiving of presents. But man, this is really something so far greater than that. You know, it, it really we have to remember that this is truly a celebration of when our Savior came into our world. And yes, being generous and giving is very, very important. And yes, uh, you know, traditions and caroling and, you know, hoping for a snow or a white Christmas, all those things are super, super fun. But if we lose sight of the real reason why we're celebrating this whole thing, man, we're in a loss. We we have kind of I feel like I would be a failure as a father mm -hmm. if we didn't really continually and purposely intentionally make sure that we are focusing on God and that the birth of Jesus is the most important part of this of this whole season. Absolutely. One hundred percent true for Christmas. But it really makes the point also that if we're putting God first in everything 
the things that we are feeling different about or arguing about in our marriage, different traditions for different holidays, Christmas, whatever it is, if we put God first and we're seeking His wisdom and His truth and His desire for our marriage, for our traditions, for our family, then the rest is going to follow. You're going to work through those conversations about your past. You're going to be able to keep talking about what the new norms are for your family. Yeah, interesting how that all happens, doesn't it? When we put God <laughs> yeah. first, it's all like, like, oh, you know, how come we haven't been doing this all along? Oh, yeah, that's kind of like been like the major theme of the entire Bible. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how we forget about those things, right? It's like, I'm telling oh, you. Yeah, I wonder why we're out of whack. I wonder why my wife and I are on different pages. I wonder why I don't enjoy certain things or why are we not having a good time? Oh, are we putting God first? No. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. He is the answer, right? <laughs> He's the answer. Yeah. So just to summarize for today, your past shapes much of who you are. You have to share it. Create new norms you both feel good about and then keep talking. Things are going to change. You've got to keep the conversation going. And number three, focus on God first. The rest will follow. We hope you have a great Christmas. Charles, thanks for being on the show. Hey, love being here. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> 